Folks, what's going on? Welcome to a new episode of The Punch-In. This is Arden talking to you. Coming live from Manhattanville College. Uh, this place has some roots to me here throughout the year I was here. Um, I have a very special guest here with me, um, the very talented Danielle Carr. Hello. Um, Danielle and I go back a couple years ago because throughout my lone year here at Manhattanville, um, one of my good friends, shout out to my shout out to my brother Vic, Vic Rose, he was performing at a show here at our at our pub, and I remember I went and there was a lot of dope artists there. Mm -hmm. A lot of dope artists there. And then this really young chick just goes on stage <laughs> and, and she's just singing from like the deeper pits of her soul, like like some pain type stuff, like singing a type of R&B that when my mama played it in the house, I knew there was tension in the house. And I'm like, yo, who is that? They're like, no, yeah. there was tension. Yeah, there's like, yeah, that's like Danielle Carr. I'm like, yo, like, how old is she? And there's like, yo, like, she's like a freshman, bro. Like, she's 18. I, I said, what'd you just say? Like, yeah, she's like 18. I was like, I'm concerned for her to sing it like that at 18 with that kind of power. Thank you. But since then, though, it's been really fun following your journey because it's just, I think, simply put with you, Danielle, uh, you have been so consistent. You've been so persistent. You've been so you. ever growing with your work. Thank you. Um, seeing the things you've done in terms of your music distribution, in terms of controlling your image, just Thank the you. live performances, that being top notch. Um, I've always been impressed and I, and I remain impressed. Thank you. And I just got to know, and as we kick this off, you know, how are you feeling these days? What's new? Oh, how am I feeling these days? First of all, I want to thank you for that beautiful introduction. <laughs> it was beautiful. And shout out to Vic Rose for even putting us into contact. I mean, yeah. we had a beautiful way of meeting up again. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to be here with you guys. Mm -hmm. I'm doing, I am getting through, I'm in a writing process yeah. and, um, when I'm in a writing process, I'm going through it, but it, it's a good thing because when I start to write, it means that it's all I have mm -hmm. and um, that it's a time for me to be honest and it's a time to be, for me to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm trying to live in that and embrace that. Mm -hmm. so. Do you, you know, throughout your journey, you know, with your career, with life, do you find yourself having those moments where you do look back at what you've done as a way to look forward? Yes, I'm constantly stuck at looking back at what I've done in the past. I'm usually dissatisfied with mm -hmm. looking back. So Why is that? Um, because I understand what I have to say now, what I have to give now, and what I'm able of doing now. So I, I'm like, gosh, I should have took more time with this, or mm -hmm. gosh, I should have just been patient. And But you learn, and I'm trying to learn that it's okay not to be perfect, yeah. you know? I'm trying to learn that it's okay to really be organic and my music has been organic and has gotten better and better and I'm really excited for what I'm writing now. I yeah. I am hoping that it's a lot better, but it's sounding a lot better and it's mm -hmm. it's um I'm really excited about the writing as well. I'm just always excited to be honest and mm -hmm. these albums are always like diaries to me and pieces of me, so I just put them out there and I let the people say what they need to about it. You know, it's it's funny that you said that, especially when it comes to just like the acceptance, the realization of, you know, 
what's done has been done. Mm. You don't necessarily have to be a certain way in regards to the approach. Right. Because, you know, before this interview, you know, Danielle and I had a great conversation mm-hmm. pretty much just about creatives and, and just what we go through. And, in, and, and it's that type of realization that it keeps the dream alive, you know, in my opinion. Just understanding that, like, hey, what I did, even if you had the chance to go back and change it, it's also like, yes, would you really? Would you really? Because exactly. Because then what affect, would you have now? Exactly. It's like so, it would affect right now. So. I'm trying to not. I've be had such many of those nights. Yeah, right. You just <laughs> stay up. You're like. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should just delete this whole thing. Yeah, like, for real, right? But I've done you it. you have to learn that. And it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to feel that about your art, your old art or your mm-hmm. old creations or your old projects. Mm-hmm. If you didn't feel that way, it means you're not mastering yourself. You're not constantly mastering your craft. I just, I always want to be as genuine as possible within my music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm constantly trying to fulfill that. And I struggle a lot with balancing that with being hip and contemporary yeah. and still being relatable, but still trying to liberate myself through my music. Th- that is so great because that's like really one of the biggest fights that yeah. any creator any creator can in deal general. With. How do you Heal- create an image exactly. and a product that can stand alone in the marketplace while also being- fitting your core values? And being timeless. Yeah, and and being timeless. That in this is day the and one. age with right. how fast music everything writing, is changing. To everything is changing to how it's consumed. To yeah. The fact that people will start consuming something and then stop and don't visit again. Not because it was bad, but because Because it's somebody did something span. that they didn't like. Or yeah. because something happened that they didn't like. Or something on the album that they didn't like. I mean, people can be canceled and shit. Yeah. So it's like you're constantly as an artist or as a creator trying to fight with how do I stay true to myself and how do I liberate myself through my work, whatever I'm doing, and how do I still, how am I still accessible, Mm -hmm. you know? And I struggled even with this work that I'm making now Mm -hmm. because I wanted it strictly to be a jazz album at first, Mm, you know? I was like, I'm only going to do jazz. I've already dabbled in hip-hop and pop and alternative. Like, yeah, because you fried yourself and you like blending those sounds. Yes. I, you like I, touching bass. I love singing all genres, but my fortes are jazz and mm. funk and soul. Like, even R&B now, some R&B is a little boring to sing for me. Like, mm-hmm. I love music that is timeless. And I'm, you had a, a, a show lately about the women in R&B yeah. and the women in R&B right now are making timeless music. 100%. So it's been inspiring me, you mm-hmm. know. I think I was discouraged this past summer mm-hmm. a lot. Really? Yes. In terms of just like personally or um, this climate or? Personally, or? musically, because writing is not something that has ever been difficult for me. It's always mm-hmm. come to me very easily. I've always had a lot to say. You know, I've been through a lot and I I just have a lot that I need to get off my chest. Mm. Or I, I see a lot and I write down a lot and I, and I like to capture a lot of things on paper. But I was really discouraged over the past summer because I felt like it didn't matter what I had to say, but instead how it sounded. And that's, I struggle with that and I get very blue about that because mm. I want to be able to 
express myself and express myself that I express myself in a way that I know a lot of people relate to me too. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, it's a matter of whether people want to hear or not. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to also be a businesswoman in that mm -hmm. aspect. Mm -hmm. And I've learned to let things come organically. So I'm taking my time with this album. This is the first time I'm taking my time with that album. Mm -hmm. And we're going to touch on this more too. But I, I want to take it back to the beginning for you. What mm -hmm. were some of your earliest music memories? Most of my earliest music memories, um, the first time my family could realize I was could sing, I was like four years old, mm -hmm. and I came from a military family, so mm -hmm. we didn't have a lot of time during the week mm -hmm. to spend with each other, so weekends were really important. And so my parents got this karaoke machine, and my dad was a big music head. My dad could not mm -hmm. sing at all. Just <laughs> but, like he, he, but he loves music. He yep. loves Prince. He loves Michael Jackson. He loves Marvin Gaye. Yeah. He loves the Isley Brothers. My like, dad's the same way, except with like reggae. Yeah. Dad can't sing, but like he'll love some reggae. He the he'll only person that my dad got into was Bob Marley, and he was so obsessed. And so I just yeah. I got I got an experience of all these legends. So coming young. from an island family. Oh really? Yeah. Absolutely, Jamaican. Trinidadian. Trinidadian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Trinidadian. So all that stuff, all of that stuff. Right. All I heard. Oh, uh, all you heard, right? All and I heard and you probably up. got it too when you got in trouble. Oh yeah, but that was very few. I yeah. learned quickly. I learned. Trust me. I'm <laughs> The same right. way artists be like, yo, it's one take in the booth. Uh, one take in the booth. One take, one take <laughs> ass whoopings. That's all it took. I, I am weak. I picked up quick. Picked I'm up weak. quick. You can say my PTSD was great for me. Oh, period. Yes. Yeah, it contributes to the craft. You're disciplined. Yeah, for real. Like, <laughs> it. what? I grew up in a time, man, where moms used to go to the school one time i only had to say it one time yeah like you got to understand you started learning early at, a, at an early age man like how detrimental it is for your parent to leave job work yes to ad address you yes and the consequences of it like growing up to where i if somehow we don't have cable or lights exactly. or lack of food or i can't get this clothing or video game that's right. because my mom worked less my mom and dad worked less hours this week because why right. they had to come up to the school to address, to come me. address me and it ain't like the job said well we understand we're gonna give you your money back it was like nope you no. left right you, you left three or four hours sorry right, right. <laughs> so i learned man i Absolutely. learned really, really I learned quick really, my parents were in the military and it, there were certain things like even being like isolated i learned was something that came with life very early mm -hmm. My parents had to leave, and they would come to me and be like, hey, I'm going for a year. I'll see you in a year. What? And that was the conversation we used to have, and then they would Who go. Who raised you growing up? Um, I, all my homage and all my heart and all my respect goes to my older sister because she really, I mean, she really raised me. Mm. I mean, like I was her own, and I will never, ever be able to repay her with that. Um... So I just follow my dreams. You know, that was the only thing she told me. You know, you want to you wanna do me good, just follow your dreams. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm doing. And where did you grow, by the way? Everywhere. Um, I moved every single two years. You that's know, I've crazy. lived in Asia. I've lived in Europe. I've um, spent time all over the U.S., Georgia, Kansas, Virginia. So I was, I moved around a lot, and I understood a lot of things that you were saying, that just 
everything that comes together in your family life mm -hmm. and everything that is an additive to what you can get in the end or what happens in the end, I understood those things very young as well. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of black kids do because they have 100%. to. 100%. They have to. Especially you know? from the, whether it's military family or just the inner city. Absolutely. We're, we're put in positions in life in which Army. we have to grow up quicker, quicker than everybody way else. Way quicker. We gain a sense of knowledge. And that's what is always, I guess, throughout my work working with kids is troubling me sometimes. Yes. It's the fact that, like, those kids I work with at 8, 9, 10, 11, yes. they truly get to be 8, 9, 10, 11 right. without having to gain an understanding of life as life an adult and or the life as a teenager. That come with life. Yeah, like, you could truly be a kid. Whereas us growing up, we didn't have that. There were responsibilities that we had to understand. It wasn't yeah. really... And our parents, I'm pretty sure your parents were the same. Parents didn't really have to explain anything to you. And the, expi the explanation was, you're my child. I don't really have to explain anything to you. Or you just didn't have to explain to me because it was just crystal clear. It was like, crystal clear as to why what was going on was going on. Yeah. So these weekends we would have, you know, were special. And mm -hmm. I understood that. And I wanted... To, we all shared part of ourselves. So they got this karaoke machine, and I started singing. The first song they ever heard me sing really well with it was Tina Marie. Tina Marie. I'm still in love. Oh. I love that song. <laughs> I love that song. Boy, wild and peaceful. Rest in peace, Tina Marie. Uh, rest in peace, Tina Marie. Yeah. Um, but they, they used to love to hear me sing that song because it was a trip. I was four years old. I didn't know mm -hmm. what I was singing about. That's what I'm saying about you. Yeah. You're singing from another level from parts you shouldn't be singing from. I was like, what are you doing? It was, they were like, and I used to do this. And it's funny because I, I watched my VHS tapes mm -hmm. when I was younger singing and now, and I still do the same motions and yeah. the same mannerisms. And I was really feeling it. Mm -hmm. And I think they were like, okay, you know, she has a gift or she really wants to do this. But my mom was always very protective of that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really allowed to share it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I was allowed to share in school and church, but other than that, you know, she, she, I think she was afraid of me being tainted by the music industry so young. And she already knew that my life I was totally so fast. I totally understand that. Yeah. I totally understand She was that. very protective. I mean, I've had plenty of people that were like, she is a gift. We need to sign her. And she was like, nope. Mm -hmm. And of course it upset me as a child. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she was really trying to protect me. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad that she did that. Honestly, yeah. it it reminds me a little bit of like if you're somebody that like loves watching interviews, I like highly suggest watching um, Jason Weaver's interviews. Jason okay. Weaver, for those that may not remember, um, he was the original singer of The Lion King. Yeah, he was on the show Smart Guy. I've seen a lot of his um, interviews lately. He was in ATL. Mm -hmm. He sang the, the classic that's forever classic in my heart. One call away with Chingy. Yes. Um, he explained a story about how when it came to his negotiations for the Lion King. Yes, and how he signed for a hundred thousand. Yeah, in his royalties. mom. They they were offered two million, two million. up front. Yep. But his did. mother, having already been in the music business, was like, "No, we'd rather go with the one hundred k and the royalty checks because they was like." And this was is back moving. in like nineteen ninety four. When it first came out, they were taking a gamble. Yeah, this is like back in nineteen ninety four, and 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 they like did the research and was like. Disney has a history of like re-releasing stuff and they need looking into all right, if it re-releases, if they remix or do whatever. And long story short, he's gotten well over that two million up front that he mm -hmm. would have received. 
mm-hmm. is through the royalty checks. So is that thing in which hearing him say that, and again, I really will recommend you guys watching his interviews as yes. of late, along with what you said about your mom, is just her getting it. Yes. Because especially again, because you're, you're 21, you said. so. Still young. Still young. So you're growing up late 2000s, yes. early 2010, My, where... Absolutely. Like camp on... I mean, sorry. Uh, uh, Demi Lovato on Disney yes. Channel and Hannah Montana, so, that like, era. You're going... <laughs> you're growing up during the sketchiest of sketch times yes. in music. So I remember with Vic... We had terrible music. Yeah. Like, other than the, ni- the late 90s and the early 2000s with Ja Rule and Ashanti and what he was doing with uh, Murder, Inc. and yeah. all that, and J-Lo, and... Yeah. After that, there was, like, this period where we had, like, Kesha and, like, Tayo Cruz and, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Tayo Cruz record was ludicrous. Luda was probably the only person that was consistent. I know people don't like give a lot of credit to him, but he's been so consistent for so long. Yeah, my guy JT in 06. People need to give him Future credit. Sex Love Sounds. That was my record at 14, Summer 07. Okay, Justin Timberlake, yeah. Summer Love. Like, that's why that's why Thousands Babies love Beyonce, because she was the only one that was like yeah, really he, consistent Alicia throughout the Keys, 2000s. Alicia Keys, um, Rihanna. Rihanna starting to form, like right. crazy. And hold on a second. Yeah, because again, about you growing up at that time when your mom being protective, because side note, th- th- quick story about Vic. When like, during that time, I'd probably say it's maybe 2011 to 2014, Vic and I had reconnected because Vic and I actually went to middle school together in Yonkers. What? And we became really good friends Small during world. sixth grade. Okay. And I moved. So I moved to another part of Westchester. Okay. And we lost contact for maybe five to six years. We reconnected on Facebook, spoke, then we met uh, again for the first time in a long time at one of his friends, like, video shoots, and then, it's funny enough, between 2011 and 2014, that was when I used to do music on the side for fun, so, like, I released, like, projects, I used to record and do all that stuff. I remember for Vic, he was, like, red hot on YouTube. Yes. Like, he was killing the cover game, 100,000, 200,000, and... He used to like link up with all these like really popular like YouTube singers like for real and mm. labels used to come to mm. him and it was always crazy because being by his side seeing that as his friend and yeah. in a way as like as unofficial advisor yeah it used to be a whole thing about how to navigate bro like right. make sure you're not signing with the wrong folks Do not sign this understand so it's like, nowadays, I get it like nowadays I get it's it like it's it's a it's a risky thing to sign nowadays mm-hmm. I mean. Value your now, independence. Value your independence. We live in an age now where you don't have to. You can if you want the big budget. But I mean, yeah. you can get the big budget if you just do the shows. Yeah. Anderson Pack yeah, just released an album. Al- prime example. Just released an album in tour. I've had that album on repeat for like months now. Mm-hmm. I love that album. And he talks a lot about being an independent artist mm-hmm. and having signed before. And he talks about how his label acts like he didn't do all the work. Mm-hmm. He said that in his song. And I, I felt that. I felt that because everybody knows Anderson Pack is talented. I mean, yeah. Jesus, I I think it's so impressive that he can play the drums and sing at the same time. Yeah. That's I'm a singer. I can play the piano and sing at the same time, but playing the drums, I, that's really impressive. Like, so for for a label to tell you you're not doing enough of the work because you're not selling or you're, re- I mean, yes, cat. No one can put anybody. No one can put as much investment whether regarding money or demographics or media or anything, than you can in yourself. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going to want to spend that money. Nobody's going to want to spend that time in yourself other than yourself. 
So why not do it yourself? Because labels have 23 other artists at least that they have to think about. So why would you be their main focus? Mm -hmm. You know, like this is a time that where we can where we can really liberate ourselves mm -hmm. through our own music. I'm really excited for the time that we live in. I'm excited to graduate because I'm excited for the industry out there and what they have to offer me and what I have to offer them. Mm -hmm. You know, and what they're willing to take from me. Yeah. Because back then, our labels didn't take everything that you had to offer. You had yeah. to pick what you wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Which is why you see artists like Nicki Minaj being upset, you know? Because yeah. when they came in the industry, they had to pick. Yeah. But then they have a whole bunch of artists now that have used their blueprint, and then they can expand. But that's just also what comes with this music industry. Yeah. It evolves. It changes. And that's what it is yeah. what it is. If you're able to leave a blueprint... The, the fact that you can even leave a blueprint, yeah. you've you know, already done what like you were supposed to do. People got to follow along. It's exactly. like you can't, you know, hold any resentment towards that. It's exactly. just, it's just the game. Like that's just how the music industry is. Yeah. It's not fair, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. So you have to make the best out of it, and you have to be patient. Mm -hmm. That's something I've learned. And, and this is gonna lead us to a next topic because again, this was a topic that we spoke about on the show in our mm -hmm. last episode, episode ninety two just be in the state of R&B. Yes. Like our show for a while, yes, we talk a lot about music, rap in particular, but we are some R&B dudes. Like I know, we, you were putting you were putting me onto music yeah, but we, earlier. We, we love R&B. Um, like, it, it, it is interesting because it feels like the last couple of years has really signified the, emer the re-emergence mm -hmm. of the genre from both sides of the spectrum, from women that are absolutely killing it to the men absolutely yes. killing it i think it shows in the fact that honestly for r&b you guys are able to create such especially in this time and era such everlasting music that if i look back to the last few months for me in terms of the records i've been playing back in terms of projects they're probably mostly r&b because it's just sonically it's beautiful and the yeah. subject matter just yes. the overall execution and yeah. With that said, it's also a very packed and competitive field, and yes. you're a part of it, and yeah. you're competing, and you're fighting for that ability to emerge. Yeah. How do you survive in that field? I'm constantly learning every single year how to survive in this field. I think that's a beautiful question. Mm. I think that's a great question. I have learned that no one has to offer mm -hmm. what I have to offer. Yeah. I don't have to offer what anybody else has to offer. Mm -hmm. The problem with the music industry is that everybody feels like everybody is in competition. Yep. I personally don't feel like I have to compete with anybody. That yep. isn't because I that isn't because I think I'm better than anybody. Please I just have yep. I just have different things to offer that I've worked on for decades and decades of time. Preach. So <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. feel like I don't even feel like I have to you know, I've had a lot of questions as to why, like, I haven't signed yet. Mm -hmm. You know, why haven't you signed yet? Why haven't people asked you to sign? It's not that people haven't asked me to sign. They have. Mm. You know, multiple people. I just am in my own lane, and yeah. I'm comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable with my version of success. Mm -hmm. My version of success is being able to live off of music and to do whatever I want with music. Mm -hmm. Not to have anybody telling me what to do with my brand, nobody telling me what to do with myself. And nobody's telling me how to conduct myself. To yeah. me, that is success. Yes. And I've already had that. So now my point is to expand that. Mm -hmm. And be to expand that and expand that to the point where I can build an empire off of it. Mm -hmm. So it's like I don't 
I guess I've learned to survive in this in this industry by constantly reminding myself that I have something to offer. Yeah. And that I am in my own lane and that everybody has their own story, you yeah. know? And you have to believe in something. You mm. can't come in this industry not believing anything because mm -hmm. you're going to be upset. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you survive in this industry? There are a million people trying to do what I'm doing. Yeah. There are a million people that are really great at this. There are a million people trying to say what I'm trying to say. But when you know who you are and you know you have a story to tell, I don't really get worried about those kind of things. Mm. I don't really get worried about making it or anything like that. I get worried about the consequences of making it. I do. That's real. Because seriously, that's for real. real that's for real. And that's for all real, the people, like for example, late and great Mac, God rest his soul. Mm -hmm. There are consequences of being yourself in this music industry. Yeah. There are consequences of living in your truth. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that I'm afraid of, mm -hmm. or that I really think about heavily. It's great that you said that because. I've given a lot of thoughts to that as well. Mm -hmm. And I remember I used to make this joke with Wills about it. Like when we get to a point where we're, we're well known about it, I'm like, honestly, I'm like, you may be surprised, but like, I'm gonna really be behind the scenes, bro. Because I'm only but doing you this. You are so smart. Yeah. Like I'm only in front of this now to help us push and get to that but point. But once I can hire, you can hire people to get in front of this camera? Yeah, like. It's a wrap. Yeah, just that along with just how to carry and move because it's you know just the public aspect of it the, people knowing the, your life people making false narratives first, you're the first person i've ever sat down not the first but the first person i've willingly sat down with and done press with or have done an interview with because i hate press i mm -hmm. hate press i'd rather be one of those artists who just make music yeah and people just thank you for your honor yeah but because well, I also know, I know you guys personally, mm -hmm. and I also know you guys' vision, mm -hmm. and I have so much respect for that, but I, the same reason you want to be behind the scene, same reason I don't even do press, because yeah. it's overwhelming. Yeah. You know, you're already putting your piece of yourself out there for mm -hmm. people to judge, and then you have to put yourself out there, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's a lot. It's mm -hmm. a lot. And... That's something I also struggle with in my music, like how much to reveal of myself. Yeah, how yeah, much I don't feel do bad for you guys. <laughs> what? And that, because it's it is a struggle. Like for example, like my favorite musician, really for like the last ten years is Drake. Yes, love him. And, and everybody knows that. Look, look at the show that you call me OVO Flag for a reason and all that stuff. I love Drake. You know what I'm saying? You can't you can't talk crap around Drake for me. You know what I'm saying? I love yeah. me. See the aisle. Um, I'm like. But yeah, like I I see the fight he's had to go through. Like yesterday with From the whole thing himself. about yeah yeah like yesterday with, with his, his dad, you know, saying those things to other people, challenging and the scene fact that again, folks can take something that could be a rumor or that could be a lie and run with, and it. Run with it. And that's the part that even if I'm fortunate enough to get quote unquote famous, I would rather be quiet and only come out for the work because that's the part I don't want to be a part of. Like I don't want people to dive in and try to talk about me fame and they don't know me. Fame scares me. Fame scares me. Fame will kill you. It's, it will kill you. All of my favorite artists have been killed by this industry. Yeah. Which is why I've been taking my time. Yeah. Yeah, I've been... And people, you should, especially at, at, at the age you're at. Like I know. But then a part of me feels like, you know, who am I to tell this world and this universe what is meant for me? You know? You should, because it's, it's your life as well. It is my life. It goes life. back to the, 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 the reason 
about how you survive because it's the fight that anybody in your lane, my lane, or any other lane has. But it's a beautiful transition when you're able to go through it. When you realize that it goes from, okay, I'm trying to compete and kill everybody that's in my field and I want to be so pleasing towards the consumer, and then you realize I don't have to do that. Like I don't. I can stand out on my own. I can make what makes me happy. It took me a while to realize. And I'm putting this out because I genuinely want to put this out. Yes. If you want to check for it, if you want to rock with it, cool. If you don't, that is how I become with my music. If you don't, that's cool too. It's just I know what I'm bringing to the table is a one. It's that fire. Absolutely. So I'm just gonna put it out there for y'all because this is what makes me happy, and that's been a place that I personally. Exactly. Have been operating from. And I think it shows and it makes it easy for me to create. You know what, though? And I haven't been in a drought since. You would be surprised as to how people... You're luckily somebody who believes in production and somebody who believes in creating the blueprint. So you don't have to put your face out there. You would be so surprised as to how hard of a time people give me because I don't really care whether people like my music or not. If you like it, great. If you don't, you know, piss off. Like yeah. I write my music for me, and yeah. I write my music to heal, you know. But and here's a harsh reality like before I pass this back to you. Here's a harsh reality. End of the day, all of y'all numbers. What? It don't change. You press play. He said it, not me. You read the article. <laughs> you watched the video. <laughs> you're, you're still a number that's contributing to the cause. What kills me is that if you don't want to hear it, don't don't listen. If you don't want to hear it, don't listen. But people feel like they own you or that they own your sound or like they are so important that they, you know, contribute something to your music. You don't sit in here and cry with me and write music. Like, you don't sit with me for hours and produce music. I do that. It wasn't worth a shooting in the gym. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't worth a shooting in the gym. Ah! You want to talk about rants when you like talking before the show about rants? My one of my best rants will always come from talking about creators and just the fact that people got to understand, like, yo, your opinions, your feelings about my art or another person's art, it doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter, and that's always (laughs) one of my greatest rants that comes from that, especially when it comes from like a disingenuous point. Like, a lot of like clout chasing is real, people will react and do stuff. Just for the sake of getting attention. You better preach. It's not even about, it doesn't matter. You better It's not preach. even just about like, just the hate. It's love too. It's like, you say you love this. You say you like this, this, that, and the third. It's like, bro, sis, whoever, like you don't even really know. Like you didn't even check for it the way you say you check for it. This is what I was also telling you before. We also live in a generation where it's great that we're able to do whatever we want. But we they also live in a generation like, where people like don't want to put in the work. Seriously. They don't want to put in the work. Mm-hmm. But you can't not put in the work and then want to be famous and want to be the face of everything. And yeah. what's funny is the people that do put in the work always end up the face and they always end up in the limelight and they yeah. usually suffer yeah. from it. Because they don't want that. They just wanted to create something. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to leave their mark, you know? And SZA went through that phase. Absolutely. At the control, she went through that phase where Absolutely. she was like, yo, I'm about to dip. I'm like, oh, no, you're not. You're like, um, excuse me? I need another Superman. <laughs> excuse me? Right. <laughs> I, I need I Travis love... to come back for the second verse. I <laughs> think SZA is a beautiful sing- songwriter. I loved her from, oh, what's the album called with the with the chimpanzee on it? Z? 
Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I'm blanking on a name, too. It's a mixtape. I think Mm -hmm. think it's a mixtape. Z. It's called Z, and I loved her from there. And then she wrote a song called Sobriety. Mm -hmm. And I just... I was telling you before that I love artists who can write their own music mm-hmm. by themselves. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of artists that I love that don't write their own music. Like, I love Beyonce, everybody love Beyonce, but mm-hmm. I have a deep, 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 profound mm-hmm. respect for artists who can reflect their life on paper. Mm-hmm. That is something very beautiful and uh, very painful that mm-hmm. people should respect. I'm, so I'm really happy we're at this point because it, it's going to lead us to this next point while connected all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, about artists, man, especially singers. Right. You know, that that process of songwriting. Right. To come up with these images, uh, to convey these thoughts and express these emotions. Mm-hmm. How extensive, especially for you, can that be? Uh, songwriting is a very... Writing... In general, if you've written anything from your soul or from your heart, mm. it's a very painful process mm. that I believe deserves so much more respect. Mm. You know, you're ripping a part of you out and you're leaving it on paper for other people to do what they please with I it. I commend you guys for how you guys do it. It's, it's a very vulnerable process. I think that's why a lot of writers are very reserved. I'm mm-hmm. very reserved. I feel like this is the first, we had a conversation before the camera started rolling. That was the first time we got to really know each other. Yeah. I feel like you're the same way. Mm-hmm. Very reserved. I mean, mm-hmm. because we already put so much out there. Yeah. It's like, do you have to have a part of me too? Yeah. So writing is difficult for me. Not difficult for me. It is easy for me. I have a hard time way. filtering myself. Mm. That is what I have a hard time doing. Because I struggle. That is a challenge. Yes, because you struggle that with has, how that much. That is a challenge. How much should I put out there It's not myself? about the action. It's, it's more about the how. How? Because you also have to be aware of how people perceive you. Mm-hmm. And even though you may write something and that may be the truth. And that may be what you it be is. You got to consider of others. But you have to be considerate of the other ears that are listening. You can never lose sight of context. You know, there was there was this interview by Amy Winehouse, and she talks about this interview. Um, I mean, this song that she heard about your bruises feel like kisses. That line. That is an is, Amy bar. That is that is song. <laughs> that, that is yeah, Amy that is an bar, Amy yeah. bar. <laughs> your bruises. Feel that like line kissing. is so desperately true. And you wouldn't know unless you've been in love. Yeah. But she talks about how that was a hard line for her to put out there because the people and the way they perceive things. Yeah. So you have to be careful about what you put out there. And I also just struggle with how much I show of myself as well. Yeah. Because I, I go through so many things and I've been through so many things, but I'm not necessarily sure if, my audience is ready to hear my truth in fullness. But then again, it's at the same time, it's like you have to be able to trust yourself and just put it out there. Mm -hmm. And whether people are like it or not, fuck it. I mean, it's not up to them. It's about you healing and it's about you Mm -hmm. putting a piece of yourself out there. And also knowing you're serving a greater good. Like That's why some of the best records in recent years can just hit different because it's the greater good of the fact that like, there are people out there just like you. Absolutely. That needed to see, that, that needed, needed to, to hear, hear and feel that like, holy crap. Yeah. Like that's why like that person could go through it like me. Like that's why like certain artists like again just to go like to like Drake, like yes, why Drake. Drake for me 
is like always that guy because I feel it's Drake. so many of his records. I can go back and relive those times. I you, can relive those. You know those what I feelings. love about Drake? He defined me at a time. He, you know what I love about Drake? He has always been honest about how he has evolved, and he is very honest and open about that. Everyone likes to say, "Oh, Drake doesn't sound the same." He is very open about the fact that he is not the same person. This industry is cutthroat. Mm-hmm. I'm not the same, man. Yeah. You're not the same. Yeah. Things change you. They harden you. They mold mm-hmm. you. They mold you. Mm-hmm. You don't really get to a place where you feel like you have to share so much with people. Mm-hmm. You don't even owe them that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm starting to understand a lot of these artists yeah. and where they come from. A lot of people uh, gave Summer Walker a hard time for her interview as of lately because she was very monotone and she yeah. seemed very tired, but she said she was over it in the yeah. beginning of the interview. Mm-hmm. The album is called Over It. Yeah. The first song <laughs> on the album is called, called over, over It. it. So it's she's called over, over it. it. So I'm like, I just love artists so much, which is why you hear me talking about Amy so much, because mm-hmm. I, I feel like Amy Winehouse was one of the truest artists of her time. I mean, mm-hmm. she never felt like she had to conceal mm-hmm any part of herself, but you never heard her talking about herself. Yeah. And I love that, I love that. And I think that we are so lucky to be able to even do that. Mm. You know, other people have to really open up and that's a hard thing to do. But we get to like show ourselves. It also makes me a little sad for you guys though. Yeah. Because it's like, honestly, and I realized it was SZA, I realized it was Party Next Door, to an extent Kalani and like other singer slash songwriters you guys carry whether you realize it or not a growing amount of unhappiness mm-hmm. and and discontent and, and like mm-hmm. doubt to yep. which it shows when the big success hits and you guys hit us with like the spongebob meme like all right i'm gonna head out because it's just on some like yo you guys really just came into it and was just like i don't want to do this like i wasn't really wanting to do this and it shows like like why SZA went through what she went through. Why Party Next Door can give us dope records and just dip for a couple Frank. years. Oh, Frank, sure. like a he lot of R and B singers. When he disappeared, yeah, I be doing that, right? And I be hurt. But you know what it is. You you know what you are right about the fact that a lot of people who write, who actually write their music, yeah, they carry a deep unhappiness about them, because you'll never be able to say what you really want to say. Yeah. They'll never be able to like say you can't get me blind and leave. Right. Like, so people just feel like if I can't be honest, then I'm just not going to be here at all. And I completely understand that. You can't get me colors, too, in a dip party. You can't get <laughs> me colors, too. He's going to dip. Like, come on. He's man. tired of it. He's probably like, I can't even say what I want to say. Imagine, imagine, like, trying to produce something or create something and show what you wanted to show and yeah. you weren't able to. Mm-hmm. That's the, the liberating thing about being a filmmaker is that you get to, I, I love film. I mm-hmm. feel like film and songwriting are almost like synonymous. Oh, for sure. In a strange way. For sure. I love film, but I love very raunchy films. Like I love uh, independent films like Nymphomaniac, first volume and the second volume. Mm-hmm. I love that directors and screenwriters are able to capture whatever they want. Mm-hmm. That must be such a liberating feeling. I'm not a film buff, but hey, man, I gotta let y'all know. Y'all can see that new Joker. What? You've seen it? Yeah, my girl and I saw it last weekend. If y'all can see it, I'm not some film bluff. I'm just telling you though, in terms of like accuracy 
that realness. If you want that I'm feeling sorry, of sorry. if you if you want that feeling of watching something that makes you uncomfortable but she'll keep watching, that's that's the Joker. I'm watching it. Cause it's real. And you know what it is too, before we get back? It it's a matter of it goes beyond covering what is the big point. Ugh, I love film. I love yeah. So film. you're right when you say that. It's very Because synonymous. with music, it's not just about the big point. It's the little points. It's the little details. It's yes. not always about the big point. Like, if we're talking about love and a relationship, I'm not just talking about the fact that, okay, we broke up or you cheated on I'm me. talking about how you felt, how you smelled, how you what you smelled, did to me, what all led that. up to that. You didn't answer. You didn't do this and that. I noticed the look in your eyes yes. on a Wednesday. Yes. Like, why you did that. It's the yes. little things. It's the build up to where Absolutely. when you tell us that, we go, wait, hold on. She told us X, Y. Yeah. That it gives you sense. a different experience as a listener. Context, once again. You know, and we were talking about, you know, you're older than me. Yeah. And you got to grow up in a period of music where even as a teenager, your music was banging. So yeah. as a teenager, or even as like at like six or seven years old, you were listening to the music that I didn't realize until I was maybe like four or five. So you were banging. Like yeah. even in, even as you grew up, the music was banging. Like yeah. there was a period of time in my childhood where the music was flat which was what yeah. we were talking about mm-hmm. and now and back then you have music that is so honest mm-hmm. and so dynamic you can do whatever you want with it i mean i think that that is just we're truly lucky to be able to yeah. live in an industry that of now you know where we get to express ourselves how we want to, and we get to do what we want to. And I think this age for you guys for R and B is so unique because yes. because I think of it like this way: like my honest opinion, I feel like as a collective, mm-hmm. as a collective, I think vocally as a collective, mm-hmm. you guys can't really touch what I grew up on, like in the nineties. No, no, I agree. You, like, like, can't even touch vo- it. Vocally, it ain't, it ain't gonna hit. That's, like, a, that's when you the grow only up with Mary, Mary, Mariah, SWV, Faith. Uh, who else? Vocally, it, it can't. You, like, it can't even touch it. Cause the same way I jokingly said it, but I meant it about the pain I heard from you. That feeling. Yeah. That woo. That's Absolutely. a haymaker. We heard that all the time back Absolutely. then. Absolutely. And I was six and seven hearing that, and it just connected exactly. with me. Exactly. But what I feel like what you guys today make up for is the overall execution. You and that's what? despite the fact that exactly. your sense of love today is different. Because back then, and that's not to say they didn't touch on what happened today, but then when they were singing about it, it was on some, like, this is like a serious relationship. This yes. is marriage. This is plans. Yes. Nowadays, our love music it's like relationships. It's like loose relationships. Exactly. It's situationships. Exactly. It's one night stands. Exactly. It's BM stuff. Exactly. But it's executed so well. Listen, it's listen. executed this is so what I well. I have to say about today's music. If the artists of then had the liberation that artists had now, I don't even think we would have new artists. Honestly. Yeah. I don't even think people would be able to follow up. If Whitney had the freedom that Megan Thee Stallion had, or Beyonce had, or Rihanna had, she could have been anybody she wanted to be. But they wanted to make her a fucking ballad queen. Mm-hmm. And she got tired of that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, same thing with Isley Brothers. Same thing yeah. with James Brown. Same thing yeah. with Bobby Brown. Same mm-hmm. thing with, who else? Ja Rule. Same thing with Tupac. Same yeah. with, they, they, they constantly tried to put all these legends in a box. Mm-hmm. And it made them unhappy. Now, we don't have to have a box. Mm-hmm. 
But the one thing that I feel like R&B now lacks is the effort. Do you understand what I'm the saying? Conviction. Like The passion, the conviction, the effort, the... I feel like you can put out a record now half-ass yeah. yeah. and, and then make it a number one. But if I hear them live, I'm not feeling the same. Of course. Back then, when you saw someone live, when you saw Luther Vandross live, yeah. you knew you were getting a show live. When you saw yeah. Erica Badu, when you saw Jill Scott saw live, yeah, when on. you saw... If you saw Prince live, you were getting a movie. Yeah. So, like, I missed that. Yeah. And that was what I was talking to you about before the camera started rolling about me being an analog girl in a digital world and how I love mm -hmm. Erica Badu for that saying. Yeah. Because, you know, I feel like music can evolve, but you can't lose the conviction that comes with music. That's what makes yeah. music a language. Yeah. The conviction, the passion, yeah. the fact that you've been through it. Mm -hmm. You can't sing the song right if you ain't been through it. Yeah. Or if it's not just that serious in nature. Or if it's, or if you didn't feel it. Now, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. I love to party. I love to bump to trap music. Like, I feel like that's a different thing. But when, in R&B music, I feel like there was a point in time where it got very lazy. Mm -hmm. And now we're just now starting getting, to get in that point where, yeah. and especially with a lot of the women where we're being visually creative. Yeah. We're being sonically creative. Yeah. We're being, we're just expanding ourselves mm -hmm. and some people are very talented and some people I feel like are getting by mm -hmm. but at the same time you have to take the good with the bad with the music industry now you're gonna have everything that you want mm -hmm. but we could never absolutely not I don't think that we I would love to have written with Luther Vandross I would love to have sung with the Isley Brothers I would have loved to write and sing with Amy I would have loved to write, mm -hmm. write and sing with Jill Erica mm -hmm. but you know, those people are them, and we will never get them again, mm -hmm. which is why we have to, you know, pay honor to that. Mm -hmm. I'm such a big, big advocate for paying mm -hmm. honor to those people while they're still here. Like you said, give them their flowers while they're still here. Yeah. Because these people have molded and shaped music. I mean, I'm just honestly humbled that I get to be a part of it, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that you even hear my story and my voice, mm -hmm. you know, because some people can't even listen to music like that anymore. Yeah, they'll just be like, "Oh, they sound good," mm -hmm. but had they been through some, you know what I'm you saying? You gotta listen for deeper. You clues. gotta listen for something like that, and I'm just honored that you heard that because I care a lot about music and about being true, mm -hmm. and about adding a true element to music, mm -hmm. that nostalgic element where all you needed was a mic and a light and a piano. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I miss that, low-key. Of course. I miss that a little of course. bit. In I a way, you could be the throwback. In a way, I think I think a lot of people, especially the more that Discovery, you're going to probably, not probably, they're going to look at you as like a throwback. They always do. Every label that has come to me has made me, they've told me they either want me to be like Jill, they've told me they either want me to be like Erica, or mm -hmm. they want me to be like SZA and Jill. I've got that a lot, SZA and Jill. I don't like that mix. I know. I'm like, I'm just me. I'm like just me. Mix. And I just have that element of nostalgia because I grew up around that. My mom and my my father didn't really let me listen to whatever I wanted. It was either old school music or gospel music, which mm -hmm. one you want. So mm -hmm. it was old school music, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I guess I just adopted that and I heard that and I identified that like yourself mm -hmm. when I was very young. And I was like, man, 
I want to be able to sing like that. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to feel like that. Mm -hmm. And it was just something that just came naturally. I didn't really have to try. Mm -hmm. I just, it was just, this life taught me things and it, and, and, and it molded my voice and it molded my sound. Mm -hmm. 100%. And the, the switch, you know, switch topics and mm -hmm. switch the, the, the tone of the interview. It's uh, a topic I was really, really excited to touch on is just the growth, the growth and the, the, the daily one, the daily living of being a black woman, you know, in this ah. day and age. Because it's, even though I am a black man, my mother's black, you could, you could live and be surrounded by a bunch of folks that look like you, it doesn't always mean you understand. Absolutely. And I think the one thing I've really liked about my life thus far in recent years is my willingness to learn mm -hmm. and my willingness to hear. Can I say something as to you as a man? Before the camera started rolling, we had a conversation and mm -hmm. I really liked talking to you as a man. Um, you are very open to learning mm -hmm. and that's very hard for men these days. Mm -hmm because men have to be providers and men have to be leaders and they have a hard time learning and opening their eyes. And I can tell that, we had a conversation about this before this, mm -hmm. that you know you are willing to see those things and mm -hmm. accept those things and challenge those things as well. Mm -hmm. And so I can tell that you've grown up around a lot of women, mm -hmm. you know, and how it's rubbed off on you because you're able to see things, see it from a perspective that is not in your shoes. Mm -hmm. That's a very special thing. Yeah, it's just the desire to want to grow, especially when you just didn't learn. Absolutely. You know, like, I think for me is you live a certain life. Like I've lived a very sports-oriented life. Mm -hmm. It's When it comes to actually learning about life itself, I did learn, but it's just more about, I, I just want to learn more about socially. Everybody's ups and, and, and high, uh, ups and lows and things like that like I just I really want to learn especially again as you know folks are getting older you know like yeah I'm young but it's like at 26 was like I see 30 mm -hmm. yes. right there I <laughs> see myself in a position in which yeah I want to be able to pass down knowledge to my kids I want to be able to Absolutely. pass down knowledge to my friends so Always yeah three steps ahead yeah like so I, I really want to be open-minded and that's why when it comes to learning more about black women mm -hmm. it is so important because yes. I don't like participating in the Struggle Olympics. Mm -hmm. I don't like doing that. And for a while, our people would, would definitely leave a gold medals when it comes to within our own people. Yeah. Black women will leave with a gold medal of their own yeah. for what you guys have gone through. I agree. And it's a different view even as a black man talking to you because for as much as I've had my struggles, mm. I have privileges that you don't. Absolutely. And I know this. Yes, you know this. Yeah. So how do you just in life live? How do you carry yourself? How do you deal with the joys that you have while also battling against the fact that there's going to be a lot of a lot of obstacles in the way? You know, how do you deal with that? Um, how do you celebrate the wins, but also deal with the fact that you're going to also have to suffer some losses? Hmm. That's a beautiful question. That's a beautiful question, and I want to thank you again, you and Gianni, for coming here and just putting so much time into all this. That's mm -hmm. a beautiful question. Um, being a black woman is very lonely. 
And that is a truth that people will never say. Because black women do not like to be seen as small. And we are yeah. not. But yeah. we are lonely. Yeah. We are lonely because we have to do it all. Mm-hmm. And we have to be able to do it all. Even if we don't want to. Mm-hmm. Just to show people that we can. Mm-hmm. Just to show that we are in the same bracket. That we are in the same... We are made of the same cloth. I mean, it can be very lonely. I'm lucky that I am... You know, I have someone who loves me very much, my partner, mm-hmm. Natalia, who is very supportive of me musically and personally. And I'm lucky that I also have music because I can pick up a piano and open up Logic and feel better in about three hours. Because mm-hmm. some black women have kids yeah. and some black women have husbands or wives and lives that they have to keep going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I am so intense mm-hmm. about my music and my place and what I have to say. Mm-hmm. It is important that I speak up for black women and our experience in this life. Mm-hmm. You know, like Michael Mack said, like we are the most disrespected person yeah. in America. Yeah. And you know that, but a lot of people yeah. don't. Often misunderstood. Often misunderstood. We're all guilty of it. You know, we and me and you even had a conversation before the cameras rolled about how you can look me in the eyes. Yeah. Ask, you know, ask any black woman that you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't look them in the eyes. Yeah. Because they see them as intense, mm-hmm. or they see them as angry, or they see them as whatever. Yeah. Being a black woman is being able to accept what they already have to think about you and push forward and show who you are anyway. Yeah. Knowing that they already have a preconceived notion of you, but pushing forward and pushing forward and being who you are anyway. Including your own people. Including your, especially your own people. Yeah. You know, I was a military kid, so I moved around every single two years. Mm-hmm. And the people that I struggled with most to get along with was black people Mm -hmm. because they felt like I wasn't black enough or they felt like I wasn't this enough. Mm -hmm. But as soon as they got to know me, they would be like, you know what? You and I kind of been through the same things, but because I don't talk the same or because I don't dress the same or I listen to the same music, Mm -hmm. you know, people were quick to isolate. So a black woman, being a black woman in this industry is hard because you already have to know who you are in an industry that's telling you who you should be. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you know who you are. Because if you come in this industry, they're telling you, okay, we like what you got going on, but we want this, 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 and that. We yeah. want to change this, this, and that. We want to change your hair. We want to change your outfit. We want to change the way. Potentially you, your name. Potentially your name. They told Miguel that he had to lie about his age. I mean, yeah. these are things that the music industry has control of, mm-hmm. you know? And we have such a an intense impact on pop culture that yeah. a lot of these artists just go, okay, well, mm. you know, I have to do that. Yeah, I'll sell myself. Yeah. yeah, and as a black woman, it's hard because you, you, you see the benefits that other people are reaping of immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. And then you also see what everything that you're throwing away that you've worked so hard for when you do that. Yeah. So being a black woman in general is difficult, but being a black woman in this industry just means that you have you have to be mm-hmm. strong, and you have to know who you are. That's why you've seen some people just fall off. Yeah. Because they don't know who they are and what they have to offer. Yeah. And I'm thankful for this time that I've had in school, and mm-hmm. that this time I've had my entire life to develop myself. Yeah. And figure out what I want to say, 
mm-hmm. and exactly what I want to say so that when I come in the industry, they can't tell me who I should be because I already know who I am. That's right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but as a black woman in the industry, it's not all bad either because we are trendsetters. We yeah. always have been trendsetters in fashion and music and pop culture and colloquialism. Yeah. We are trendsetters. Yes. So it's like you have to be able to take the good with the bad. So I guess being a black woman in this industry means being able to take the good with the bad and being balanced. Mm. And that is not as easy as it sounds. It's definitely not easy. Yeah, and you know, because yeah. you're in this industry of entertainment, it is yeah. not easy to be balanced, mm-hmm. you know? And we were talking about earlier how even I've lost a lot of people that I've, that I've cared about because mm. they feel like I think that I'm better or mm. that I don't have time for them anymore. Yeah. And I think I'm too good to spend time with them. Mm. I genuinely don't have the time. Yeah. <laughs> I go yeah. to school during the day. I perform at night. I'm sometimes even out of the state when I perform, and then I got to come back and go back to school, and then I have to check up on my family. I have someone that I'm in love with that I live with that is my partner in life. Like, mm-hmm. I, There are a lot of things to balance. And then in the midst of all this, you're trying to create art. So yeah. it's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you really love what you do, you'll be willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. all of it. It's just something in which you see what black women go through on a daily basis. Yes. And you guys are definitely the most misunderstood, even even if you could get lectured on it. Because all of us are guilty of it. Like, mm-hmm. you could put a black woman with any other woman and they could have the same statement. And yes. yet, even then, we'll look towards the black woman as like, yo, they're the most angry. It's like, yo, what are you doing? Like, you're trying to tear us down or like, whatever it is. But it's like... You guys are often the glue that keeps everything together. You guys are the true definition of a ride or die. You guys are the ones that bear our children. Black women don't mind taking the seat. We don't mind taking a seat, Mm -hmm. you know, in the behind scenes. Mm -hmm. Because we know what we're capable of doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's in life. That's in music. Mm -hmm. That's in the entertainment industry. Black women are okay with taking the back seat. Because honestly, we need it. Mm -hmm. We do everything. We need a seat. Honestly, it's like we're willing to let anybody else take that. Mm-hmm. But I think we're now we're coming into an age where black women don't want that anymore. Yeah. We're coming into an age where black women are like, you know what? I did all this. Yeah. So I should be the face of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why we have the outcomes of, you know, the Fenty company and Beyonce mm-hmm. and everything that she's starting to dabble into yeah. and starting to expand herself. And, you know, re, uh, I'm sorry, Lizzo and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Like yeah. Lauren Hill. I yeah. mean, Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. These, these women are starting to realize you know what? I deserve to be the face. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very empowering industry to come into. But at the same time, like we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. I just want to make music. Yeah. And that's probably all I'm good for, mm-hmm. honestly. I'm, I'm looking forward to the day that you guys could get some of the privilege that all of us, all of us can get, which is we're able to stand on our own in the face of those obstacles yes. without constantly being projected or potentially forced to be angry and defensive of that yes because even as a black man i have the privilege of standing on my own two yes. feet even not being defined when by how when i look y'all bossed up yeah when y'all are standing your own ground is bossed up yeah. even there are you know right like women say oh he stood up for himself that's sexy like yeah. right like mm-hmm. that's something that we expect you guys to do mm-hmm. but when women stand up for themselves or mm-hmm. women speak up it's almost as it's 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 like they're a nuisance yeah 
Like, they're a distraction. It's like, what are you doing? It's like, what are you doing? Like, you're being so emotional. Why is it that way? You know, why is it that I'm putting as much work as in as you, but when I speak up for my craft, I'm being whiny? Yeah. You know, and we all know why those reasons are. Mm -hmm. I don't have to give you a lecture on that. But I think it's sort of astounds me how prevalent that idea is still today, even how rapidly our world is changing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that is what surprises me, the still the double standard. Mm -hmm. Because we have so many women doing the same things now. I mean, you know, but it is what it is. Yeah. And we, and we, women are strong because we have also, I feel like we have also allowed men to take the main spotlight as much as this system has forced them to. I feel like now we live in an age where women are starting to stand up and be like, this is mine, this is mine, and this is mine. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And rightfully so. And rightfully so. There was a lyric I had, I didn't want to forget, by my guy. He was like, uh, I forget what was it? He was like, uh, I used to be teased for not being black and now I'm here and I'm not black enough because mm-hmm. I'm not acting tough or making stories up about where I'm actually from. Mm. Is that logic? That's Drake. Drake! Ah! I love Drake! Come on. Even G knew that was coming I'm for me. I'm sorry. You and, you and the six. Ah! From, from, uh, <laughs> you know, from if you read this, is too late. I love Drake. You know why I love Drake? Because I feel like... I don't feel like he has to pretend. I feel like a lot of people are think feel like he's pretending, but I don't feel like he has yeah, to. He's him. I feel like he's just genuinely fed up with trying to prove himself. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it showed that in his music, his flamboyant music, like his rowdy music. I love yeah. that. Because he's, he's literally opened a blueprint for all these new wave rappers. Mm. Like what rapper used to actually rap about their truth and the way that they felt since Tupac? Yeah between being emotional and also having their times where they're toxic, just being truthful just and being both. Just being honest. Yeah. Just being honest. Like, it's been since Biggie and Pac. So people need to really give Aubrey his respect. I just like that balance. This is what we also talked about on the show, too, side note. Just like, you got to have a good balance between toxic and positive. To. You have to have a good balance because everybody has that side of them. But... It's That's annoying when you, you like over market one, just one side. A lot of you guys need to appreciate the good brother future. Hey, no. Future? Yeah. That toxic. Oh, my. Toxicity he's levels. He's literally, his 99, he's 99% toxicity. That's <laughs> what he's there for. If I'm listening to all that good stuff, I need to be able to hear the future tell me. I am she, weak. She belongs to the streets. Yeah, I'm weak. She, then, that is funny. She belongs to the streets. And then, and then croon to me Mm-mm. about her. What? <laughs> What? I need that. I need that. It's for us. My lady be getting mad when I play Future in the I car I bet she does because he's trifling. But it's a good balance, baby. We just ran through six straight minutes. You know, six straight I, R&B records. Let's that's probably how people feel when we listen to City Girls, but I love City Girls. Call me in traffic. Call me a baddie. Mm-hmm. Like, let's Future Hendrix. <laughs> Future Hendrix. Let's go. I'm so mad that he named his last name Hendrix. Man, myth legend. I, I, I need that balance. Ugh. I need that balance. You, you just gotta put I can't get into Future. I can't. You. you know who's someone I shouldn't get into that I can? Who? Kodak Black. Yeah. You gotta get out of here with that. I know, I do. No, I, the only song that I can't let go of is, is No Flocking. That's like the only song oh, I'm trying to like detox. I let go of him. I let go of Shaq West. What about Lockjaw? Uh, what? You let go of Lockjaw? 
I used to. I used you let to. go of it all the way? Yeah, I let go of Shaq West. And Shaq West was a dude who I put on from the jump. Mm. And his album, Mud Boy, was dope to me. He had one of my favorite records named after my favorite, one of my favorite basketball players, Kyrie. 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 Sauce him up by Ree. Kyrie. Hey. I used to love that joint. But when Justine Scott came out and had the T. Nah, as soon as, as, soon as uh, Kodak Black said all that ignorant shit he did about us, I was like, wow, my nigga, like, I really wanted to listen to you, but. And 6 9 too. I had to get rid of him. But you know what? The only song that I can't get rid of is Gummo. Hey, we had, That's my shit. Of, we had a good talk about that on the pod, man, when he was in court yeah. testifying. And they was telling us what okay. songs they were playing. And where exactly where did you stand with 6 9 Oh, I'm not supporting him. This is why I, I feel about like, I'm not surprised he did what he did. Exactly. Honestly, I don't feel bad for even for the for the gang. Because the gang effed up in I regards to... I don't feel to, bad for nobody on there. I don't feel bad for I, I don't feel there. bad because it's like, y'all had the bag. Y'all had to come up. Y'all supposed to do what all gangs have done to rappers over the years. And and it's history. You're supposed to get a check. It was like story supposed to be security. Was, y'all, but y'all was robbing him and like trying to run him over. Like y'all should have just really just been focused on the yeah, money. Yeah. And, and that, he was and, obviously scared of them. Yeah. It just comes down to this, the whole thing about it. Like he used y'all because he knew what you guys were going to give him. Exactly. Y'all should have known what he was going to give you. Y'all could have easily came up, kept it on the low. But if you got, kept it a nice, if you got old buddy, if you got old buddy yelling Treyway and doing all this stuff that's on camera. Treyway. But that's what was crazy. Because again, we talk about it on the show. And we play some of those records we hadn't heard in a while, like Kuda, Gun Mode. Ugh. I was like, damn, fun times. Man. Fun times. Gunmo's, <laughs> Gunmo's the only one that I like. Sometimes I can't be like, I just, but I, I just, I to. often just look at Sky and go, damn, man. There's always that one song. You had one. You know whose music I have been easily right. able Bobby's to home next year. JT just got home. Yeah, JT got home last night. Bring yeah, JT. JT she just home. came out with a song. Yeah, but Bobby Shout come out home JT. next summer. Bobby and Rowdy come home next summer. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Who else is, is on their way home? Anybody else on their way home? Max B. You know, Wave guys okay. come home soon. But yeah, it's it's dope when, when they drop. We talked about this before the show as well. Balance. Yes. You're a full-time student. You have yes. a full-time career. Yes. You're in a serious relationship. Yes, I am. How in the hell do you balance all of that? Um, How do you balance your energy? The attention, the love, you know. Honestly, I'm an isolationist, and that's probably not the healthiest thing to say. You don't cross it all over? Um, I'm a crossover. I, it all goes hand in hand with but me. But that's what I'm saying. Like, my love life goes hand in hand with my music. Yeah. My struggle goes hand in hand uh, with my baby, music. Oh, baby, I'm a creative. Stop debating. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's but, another Drake lyric, by the way. That's my, like 3G. You might have to have a little counter. I am weak, somewhere. right? My Drake references? <laughs> yeah. Um... I think the only thing that's really hard for me to balance is school with music. I, I get caught in between the two. Yeah. I often feel like I have to challenge whether or not I need this. <laughs> a lot of us have been at that point. That's a terrible thing to say. No, but it's, it's not very because true. it's real. Like a lot of us have been to that point. That that explained my own journey with school. Like I already started I'm just school tired. later. I'm just getting tired. Hey, I started school at 23 because the first few years after high school, I was just tired. pursuing what I wanted to do, and I didn't have an interest. I didn't want to be like, right. no disrespect, but I didn't want to be like a lot of people from my hometown exactly. or from the county 
where all of y'all went to school for the wrong reasons. reasons. So you was exactly. back home after a year or two. Exactly. Like, I didn't want to do that. Exactly. I didn't want to do that. And you know what? A lot of people that come to New York that aren't from here, leave. Yes. Leave. Because they're coming for the wrong city. reasons. This is not this is it's not, not for a play game. Play. And this is what I was telling you. Everybody thought coming to school was a game. You have four years of free time. Yeah. To become whoever you want to be. I yeah. took that very seriously. Mm -hmm. And that was honestly the only thing that kept me on track with school was mm -hmm. this music. And realizing, okay, if I graduate with this degree, it's going to make things so much easier. Because I'll be able to just focus on the music. Getting a job won't be hard. Yeah. Me being able to work in a studio will not be hard. Mm -hmm. But me pr being able to create art, that is always something that's going to be a challenge to my being. Mm -hmm. So what can I do to make my life easier so that I can do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of people come to New York and they can't take the heat. And they get up out the kitchen. And I understand that, but I never intended to leave. I never intended to leave. So I, it got hard. It definitely got hard with me balancing school and music. I, I definitely fell. And I definitely made mistakes. And I've had, I think a lot of people um, don't emphasize enough how important your mental health is in school. You know, there really is no mental health in school. You're kind of running on fumes and gas and maybe a granola bar. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a lot. And then on top of that, when you have this vision that you're trying to create and you're trying to commit someone and build a life with someone, it's a lot. Yeah. But I, for a moment in time, I had to put in front the thing. You have to remember what's important. Mm -hmm. What are the things that you can't replace? Yeah. That are, those are the things I'm constantly reminding myself of so that I don't have my priorities out of whack. Mm -hmm. But it's hard because I get very tired. And you graduated school, so you, you already know how tiring it gets. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the point where you're like, I'm already doing everything I want to do. Do I really need this? Mm -hmm. Or do I just need time? You know, I struggle with that a lot. So I'm, I'm going to finish. Yeah. Um, and I, it has been a struggle because I know what I want to do already. Mm -hmm. So it's hard not to run and rush to that yeah. finish line. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about before, being in your own lane. Yeah. You know, and focusing on that lane. It's hard, like you said, to miss out. That mm -hmm. shit is so hard. Yeah. But you're not really missing out if it's not for you. Yeah. And that's something that I've had to learn. So I'm still struggling with balancing it all. I really am. But I know what I want, and I know who's important to me and what's important to me. Mm. And that is really what is the fuel for me that keeps me going, you know? I found that I like having more things on my plate. Yeah. I found really? That, yeah. I found that it keeps me motivated. It keeps me organized. You like, say this. Even just, <laughs> <laughs> even just to, like, make a quick, like, a quick, quick uh, correction for what you said about me with school. Like, I'm actually still in school. Really? Because I started school when I was 23. And no the thing way. is, my journey with school, even with, with all I've done it's outside not linear. of it, it, it's different because, like, I've took some breaks. I've learned that certain schools to. wasn't for me. Like, I had to take a break. Like, I was here for a year, financial reasons, had to leave. Yeah, Shout out another fresh. school. Didn't work. Now I'm at, you know, I'm at WCC. Hey! Actually focused. I'm going there for the winter. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm actually focused there and I'm in the best spirits. But in general, it's just like I found that when I have a lot of things that I care about, 
it keeps me motivated, it keeps me organized. Like everything I do with work keeps me motivated, keeps me organized. I've done my best work while in a relationship. It's keep me organized. It's keep me motivated. It's because it's it's something because some folks will look at it as like it's a pressure as additional pressure. But I don't think it's an additional pressure when it's like I'm now thinking of another person. I'm miserable single for for why (laughs) it like it like I find it very, very motivating and dope to when I have to plan for a future. I'm thinking of another person. I think it's a very special thing to, you know, to be able to share a life with someone that, you know, is going to be there. Yeah. And especially when they care about your work. It's even better. when I've been lucky enough to be with people especially you know my current girlfriend that yeah. she totally understands my work yeah and what I do for sure and she looks forward to when I do my work whether it's work with kids to shooting an interview to right. anything like she's invested in that she cares Absolutely. about that my um my fiance she works with me mm-hmm. actually she mm-hmm. works with me I mean she's my creative director she is mm-hmm. my director is my photographer and she is her own individual artist which brings so much balance because she understands where i'm coming from Mm -hmm. and my conviction of being my own person and having my own message and wanting to own my own i mean Mm -hmm. i don't know i i guess everyone's different but i i am happiest when i'm with someone who really that i can share myself with me too you know like i i can do everything on my own i would like to at least share myself with someone you know and, what I mean? And you're going to get to that point, too, where just in in general, you're going to find yourself wanting to share pieces of yourself more. Right. I know. I hope I get to that point. Because I've, 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 again, we talked about it. Yeah. I was at a point, too, where I was Mr. Solo Dolo. Yeah. And it really was applied to everything. Yes. Like, I didn't get into, just to touch on dating again and relationships, I didn't get into my first relationship until I was 22. Oh. I was 22. That's smart. Yeah, like throughout the years, I wasn't trying so to So you've date. actually been in love, love, love each time. Yeah, like even with my current girlfriend, after breaking up, get out of my first relationship, I went through my first dating period where I actually dated and did all of the things That's that wonderful. being single and dating has gone through. And each time, yeah, you're right. I was in love, love. Like I was really motivated you're old enough and sparked. to understand love. Like yeah. I was in a relationship in high school. Like yeah. what the hell did we know in high school? Like yeah, for real. You know, for real. And so I, I, I actually commend love, people same that. Same Karen. Exactly. Same. I I I commend people that wait until they're in their twenties to get in a relationship. My fiance was like that, mm-hmm. and I I find you guys so much wiser. Because when you you just throw yourself into things when you're young, and then yeah. you end up in dark things that you really don't even have the mind capacity to conceptualize yet, yeah. you know, because you threw yourself into it so early. You're dealing with people that are dealing with these things oh, that are so much older than you. Mental health point, which is a lot of people, exactly. they go through things and they don't know how to recover. They don't know how to recover. So and that was jaded, what I was telling you. Yes. broken. And that's why I was telling you I'm lucky I'm a musician because mm-hmm. I don't know if I would be able to cope with the things that have happened to me without music. You know, I I commend people that are able to address their emotions so honestly and deal with them. Because for musicians, it's really hard for us because it's almost like a corny thing. Mm -hmm. We're like upset. Why are we upset? You know, Mm -hmm. like so it's hard to really be nice to yourself Mm -hmm. and really show yourself 
that attention that you really need because no one is going to pay attention more to the way you feel, like I was saying earlier, or invest in you yeah. more than you will. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm learning now to be more vulnerable mm -hmm. and emotionally vulnerable. Even in my music, this music that I'm making is very honest. Yeah. And I'm very excited for and scared, but excited. How do you feel about fans? You may have heard. How do you feel about fans? It's really <laughs> funny because I think about it with how folks feel about Bryson Tiller. Like, how do you feel about the fans that when they listen to singers, they love you guys more when you're sadder? Oh, Because there's yeah. something about it, man. I'll be honest, man. Oh, yeah. Man. It's true. Bryson, <laughs> on one hand, Bryson. I'm happy, Bryson, you're in a relationship and you're expecting a kid. But if this new music ain't hitting, bro. I don't think. We gonna need some sad stuff on the way. I don't think that I would ever Weekend, music. same thing, bro. Weekend, same thing. He started making, you know, dance pops and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I don't want you that sober. There <laughs> <laughs> gotta be some balance. <laughs> For real. For real. You know what? I'm lucky that I'm one of those people who writes when they have nothing. Mm -hmm. I write when I have nothing. I can't write when I'm happy. And I don't know. I guess That's for, so weird, though. It's strange. Isn't it sad, too? Yeah, it is sad. It's sad. <laughs> like, y'all, like, Janae Aiko. Uh, no, you can't write when you're happy. All y'all be giving us that fire about. when we know y'all sad. There's so, nothing ooh, to write about. What happened Even, now? Like, there was a lot of, like, um, controversy over Mac and his death because people were like he wouldn't have been able to make that album if it wasn't for the breakup that he had with Ariana. Yeah. And you know that's the sad part about being a musician or mm. being a creator really yeah. in general that you can't make things unless you're in a dark space. People can pretend that they can but pe it ain't like, the same. it's not the same. It's not the same. That's why people give Drake such a hard time. But I feel like all his music is great. He was just coming from a dark place back then, a very yeah. dark, uh, uh, like. Or what he and others do now is just they're just able to successfully reminisce. They're able to successfully, you know, and you know, reminisce it's on okay it. to like artists in their. The reason why people like artists in their saddest space is because that is when they're the most honest. Everyone always says they're happy. Yeah. Everyone always says they're good. Even if you ask somebody, "Hey, what's up, man?" Oh, I'm good. I'm good. And they literally might not even mean that shit, yeah. you know? So it's like, it's really refreshing to see someone be honest. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what demographics like. You know, mm -hmm. maybe I'm masochistic, but I think that people really like honesty. Yeah. I think people like hearing things and seeing things that they can relate to. Mm -hmm. You can't really relate to being happy all the time. I mean, who can relate to being happy all the time? Yeah, unless you're like a huge Chance the Rapper fan. Right. Like, I mean, oh, I love Chance. I like Chance, You don't too. feel like Chance is dark? A little bit? These days? Acid rap is dark. That's a, that feels like a long time ago. You listen to this last album? I know you said, baby, I look good. I look handsome. Yeah, and then that, that, the, the marriage song. I this know. This is the best day of my, my life. life. <laughs> I'm glad you arrived. And the only way to survive. Oh my to God! What go handsome crazy. has a couple of dark verses, you know? It like it ain't dark, dark. I'm weak. You want you him know. to get back to his ass and shit? No, like I like coloring book chance the best. Okay, everyone but, says they like coloring book more but than acid rap. I like that because it's it's the same thing with why I suddenly love Tyler the Creator. Oh, I love Tyler because it's just a matter of like it's just the balance. Like I like no. the balance between okay. You know of all of your emotions. I'm like, not I like lie, that. That's why I love Amy. 
She was always honest. Yeah. You and it's just the balance. Uh, like It's just the balance of being, If you're yes. honestly happy, be honestly happy. If you're honestly sad, be honestly sad. I don't need one way or the other. But I feel se. like all artists, I'm going to throw a hook right here for you. All artists, even when they're genuinely happy, they don't know anything. I mean, true artists, they don't know anything but to be sad. It's like unnatural for them to be happy. Of course. Almost. And it shows with people. Mm-hmm. It shows with how people, like, they go back to relationships. Absolutely. If you whip somebody that this incredibly jaded that has been done wrong and i can speak for this from personal experience <laughs> they don't know what is they don't know how to deal with a genuinely happy and recovered person nope they're looking at you like all right this is an act like all right when you're gonna <laughs> when you're gonna screw up this when is it's the act? bad stuff is gonna happen for real like for real. i can tell you like they're so used to the other side for so long Absolutely. that when it's like, hold up, this person's actually happy. Absolutely. They're okay. They're healthy. Like, I've been through it where folks try to start arguments with me, get me mad, and they see me in my zen state and how I just pick I'm it apart and cool. You. And they're like, nah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, trying to get like you. I've I'm trying recovered. to get to the point where I can I've literally curse someone out in the same tone. I've learned. I moved on. Like, <laughs> and my mind, my mind is, I'm too calculated of a person to like emotionally lose myself in an argument or oh, a talk. That's kind of dark too. Because I'm so focused on the point at hand that if me and you used to have an argument, I'm zoning all the way out to focus on every single point that you make. It also means so, that like you're able to push all your emotions to the side, which is a very robotic thing to do. Oh, I was doing that for a while. I'm still that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. still that way. That's why like. You know, if like my, if my girl ever wanted to like have time away mm-hmm. following an argument or whatever, and she wanted to like push me away, it's going to be a huge problem because you're going to come back to a, a, a isolated me. Mm. Like, it ain't going to be the same lovey-dovey person. Right. It's like, I'm, I could be incredibly robotic. I went through that for years. I yeah. could be incredibly cold-hearted. It's just, I'm, I'm always a logic over emotions person. You're, I'm trying to get to your point. I'm a very... I can't, I can't stand. I think I'm very erratic because I'm a very emotions over ethics person. Uh, I can't, I can't get like that. What? I, I value logic to too bar. much. I value, <laughs> I value thinking way too much. I just value the decisions uh, too much. I can't I ever so lose myself in emotions. I thinking. I get so tired of thinking. I'm like, let's just do it. It's just normal for me. Like, I can't just lose myself in emotions. Mm. I can't naturally, I can't naturally do it. That's why if I do get overly emotional and animated, it's like a decision. It's like me deciding, okay, I'm going to flip a switch. Right. Literally. It, it, it's the times that I do, it's, I do it because I do it purposely to make a point. And I feel like in that moment, all right, I'm going to do it because I know what it's going to do for now and for later on. So, yeah, I'll yell with you. I'll get in your face. I'll, my eyes will get big. I'll yeah. be crazy animated with my hands. Yeah. And it normally works, but you're, most times better than me. I consider that when I get to that stage, like me breaking an emergency glass case. I can imagine because you're so zened out. You're so zened out. Like when I first met you, I was like, "He's oh, so cool." Like he's just so laid back. I could never imagine you getting upset. I'm pretty sure you can imagine me getting upset. Oh, of course. <laughs> but I am a very like. But it's you would have, exactly, it's more natural. Mm -hmm. There wouldn't be a thought. For me, it's manufactured. Right. It's literally like me going, okay, I'm going to go crazy. Because you're Caribbean, I mean, that probably has a lot to do with it. I mean, 
Korean family, you're not really allowed to like say how you feel. My what dad's a really mean? honest person. Really? My dad's very honest. About how he feels? My, my dad gets on my nerves a lot because my dad just get on me and say things over and over and over. But I always give him the credit of, hey, out of 10 things, normally one or two things will stick. I'm like, yes. you still have a pretty piss poor batting average, yeah. but at least the two things you hit are like home runs. It's like a big that deal. I am learning too, to try and pick and choose what I can carry yeah. with me. Learning how not to be offended. Ugh. You know, not taking it offense. Because especially a lot of times, with, you know. I'm good at that, just not with people like that I really care about yet. Yeah. I am trying to I struggled to get with that, that for a while with my father. Yeah, I'm trying to He's get He's talking that. to me about my career in life, and it's like, you're telling me the same things over Thank and over, you. I know. Or like, you just don't understand Tell me about this. It. But it's, I know where he's coming from. And it yeah. also gets to the point where it's like, yeah, all right, dad, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, you have I to just you. get to the point where it's like, I hear you, but I'm gonna just do me. Yeah. Ugh, you're better than me. I, I want to get to the point of zen like you. What's your sign? I'm a Taurus. Taurus, Taurus, Gemini, Cus. How come Taurus are bulls, but y'all are always so relaxed? Taurus, Gemini, Cus, because my birthday, depending on where you look at it, I'm May 21st. You're, you're crazy. I know. <laughs> I just know how to control it. That's what I'm saying. My crazy yeah, is... Taurus in you. Yeah, my Taurus in crazy you. is me knowing that I can control it. Yes. And that the other person can't. I'm trying to be like that. The depths that I could go to, none of you ever know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so that's what helps me stay relaxed, as I I'm know. I'm trying to be like you. I'm When's your birthday? I'm February 25th. I'm Pisces. Mm. Piscis. Mm. We are very... Isn't that like a very emotional sign or the most oh, yeah. emotional of all water. signs? We are literally water. We are emotional. We are rageful, but we are healing and peaceful and emotional and mm. sensitive and all these different things. Which is funny because Geminis are very much so like that, but I can't stand Geminis because Geminis are just so. My mom was a Gemini. Yeah. My mom had two people inside of her. I promise you. <laughs> You're like, I have four. Potentially <laughs> <laughs> <actually> five. <laughs> I think that's why we just before we wrap up. I think we're talking about movies. Like I, I could yes. love movies sometimes I, because the different sides of me can relate because yes. it's always truth. Yes. Like, that's why I like love the Joker movie so much. Oh, don't even tell me anything about I'm not going to tell you why. It's just, it. I think that's why I can love it. Because it's like, I can see bits and pieces of myself. So you feel like it lived up to Heath Ledger. I think it's different, but I think it's on that level. But it's on that level. I think it's on that level. I know level. it's different. It's, just, it's very different, but I think it's on that level. Oh my God. Because Jared Leto disappointed. Yeah, he was it. trash. So Good he guy. was trash? Good guy. He was trash. <laughs> I liked him. What ah! were he in? Gee, was he in Dallas Buyers Club? Oh. Yeah, he was in Dallas Buyers Club. Um, um, I know who you're talking about. I know that movie. I think he was in it. It was with, I think, Matthew McConaughey was in it as well. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey was but, in it. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it's, I could see myself, the different sides of me, the different viewpoints of me can relate. To the joke. So a lot of times it's like, I will be happy to see that because I'm like, I probably would never get to that point. Ugh, I love film. But I see how I would through you. If I wasn't a singer, I would have been an actress. I love film. I think film is brilliant. You got to dive into that it's at one so point. It's so brilliant. I mean... I can see you doing Broadway plays. Really? Yeah. I think I think you will like that, that aspect of live. Ugh, but the only thing that I hate about musical theater is that I hate... And I am not control. I'm not in control of my vision or my 
who I am supposed to be betraying. Mm -hmm. But that's that's what you have to take with as an artist. Someone yeah. is else, you're literally being someone else. Yeah. You know? And it also goes back to the building of a team. Or if you join a team, it's you gotta be able to let go of some of that control. I need to see let go I'm some of that control. I'm gonna get to your level. I'm gonna get to your level very soon. Yeah. I'm gonna be vulnerable. Or when it makes sense. Don't even put a time on it. It's just as long as you continue to work on it like really like really work on it and it comes from a genuine place it will arrive whenever it arrives yeah you just gotta try for sure you just gotta try because even if you meet a whole bunch of people like you that's not that may not be the best mix like you you're preaching to me you right know? but you know as we wrap up i have a last i have one last question for you okay if you can tell one thing to yourself in the past Along with one thing to tell your future self, what would it be? You will find peace. That's what I would tell my younger self. Mm -hmm. You will find peace. And what about for the future? And in my future self, I would say... To my future self, I would say, please don't forget how much you've been through to get here. I like that. Perspective. That's what, tell, that's what I would tell myself. And I would definitely tell my younger self five million times that you will find peace. Mm -hmm. You will find it. <laughs> I love it. absolutely love that. Folks, that is the latest edition of The Punch-In, concluding from Manhattanville College, home sweet home. <laughs> Danielle Carr is here with us. G's behind the camera as always. Yanni. We'll see you guys soon. This is another Force Out production.